Hello, everybody, and welcome to filler episode number five of the Biased Podcast. But is it an S tier? We are your hosts. I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Klaus. And today we're talking about how the anime viewing experience has changed over the years. Over the past 20 years or so. Yeah. So we're not really boomers, but if you want to call us boomers, that's fine. Just because we have more experience than you, it's okay. If you started watching anime two months ago, then this would be a good episode for you if you want to compare anime that you're watching now versus the anime that was on the air when we started. Yeah, because anime was on air back then. Now, I mean, it's on Netflix, it's streaming, but I mean, do American TV programs even have anime anymore? I don't know. I haven't watched TV in years. Me neither. We, <laughs> It's all the internet now, baby. Cable, who can afford it? In this economy? Yeah, exactly. Just Netflix, you know, and Hulu and Amazon Video and all those subscriptions, which is basically the same price as cable. Yeah. And hello, Crunchyroll, Funimation, the actual anime-focused streaming subscriptions. We love them. We're indebted to them. Yeah. It's so much easier now to watch anime. And you can just stop anytime. Mm -hmm. And you can start anytime. I had to wait... For like 8 or 9 o'clock on Fridays to watch Inuyasha. Bro, same. When I was younger, I wanted to watch Bleach, but they kept moving the time slot later and later. And it was literally like 10 p.m. My family was sleeping and I had to like watch it on the TV at like the lowest volume. <laughs> Did you have to sneak out of bed? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just so I could watch my, my people do their thing, you know? Wow, the things you did for Bleach. Honestly, the only anime that I went back for week after week at that time was Inuyasha, even though a lot of those shows I now am a really big fan of. Like, we've talked before about how you watched Death Note live from episode one when it was airing, just on cable. I didn't watch it until much later in high school. Yeah, there was commercials. There were weekly breaks. Did I remember what happened in the previous episode? No. And you know what? That was the problem. Because when I was watching Naruto... They would have like a five minute recap of the previous episode. And then that would like take up five minutes of the actual <laughs> episode. So there's like no new information coming. So little content per week. But I mean, if you weren't there last week, they got to let you know what's up. <sighs> so annoying. Man, that is such a big change between anime and just TV shows in general from, let's say, 20 years ago from now. Because there's binging now. You have the ability to binge shows that you like. I literally watched all of Squid Game yesterday. You did? Yeah. I didn't know. Wait, did you finish it? Yeah. I didn't realize you finished it. I literally watched all the episodes. Oh my god. How many are there? There's nine episodes. That's oh. nine hours. That's a good number of episodes. But yeah, that is nine hours of your life. Yeah. Worth it? It was worth it. I recommend Squid Game to like most of everybody. It's pretty graphic. So if you're not into like graphic violence or like... I know when to look away. Yeah. When I was watching the first episode with my sister, there's this one part where this guy is about to get something sharp, like shoved up his nose. And, you know, he's like being threatened. And me and my sister were like, no, no, like just looking away while it was happening. You know, I can I can censor for myself. But it was a good show. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. And I don't think a show like that could have been produced 20 years ago. No, it seems like the production quality is really high. Yeah, and it's one of those binge-worthy shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like it. And I mean, the way that seasons used to work, I mean, there used to just be like episode after episode after episode. I don't know. I mean, something like a nine-episode show, is that a more recent phenomenon? I think so, especially with the rise of like Netflix and all these streaming shows, because they pour so much money into those nine episodes that they could have poured into like a 24-episode series. But then like only... 10 of those would be like relevant to the plot. Yeah. And I know that a lot of pilot seasons can be like in the past, not specifically to anime, but sometimes those can be like six episodes or eight episodes, like The Office, Parks Recreation. That's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Yeah. So now like anime has seasons and they come like once a year for like however many, less than 30 weeks, less than 30 episodes per season. Okay. What a concept. They're used to not be seasons. It you just used to just air until it was over. <laughs> they just keep throwing shit at you. Yeah. and the, But now, if you want to watch it on Netflix, like, say, Naruto or Bleach, they actually have seasons, but it's arbitrary. Yeah. 
I learned that when I was watching Inuyasha. And I was like, oh, there's a season finale coming up. Like, something crazy is going to happen. And it was just a cliffhanger for something that wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And also, the, the season was like 48 episodes. Yeah, so I was looking at Hunter Hunter on Netflix. Some seasons are like 12 episodes. And then some seasons are like 60 episodes. And I think they just basically did it by arc. Yes. Which, like, it makes sense. But then, like, what's the point of the season? That's true. Because Hunter Hunter, the anime came out in 2011. But the manga is really old. So they're structuring the seasons based on the manga. And at that time, like, I mean, our boy Togashi, our man Togashi, some of the arcs are super short. Like, Greed Island is what four times shorter than the chimera ant arc yeah exactly and like the chapters don't denote oh this is a new news arc it just keeps going it doesn't like reset you know and that's the thing like especially on netflix like if you go to a different season it's gonna be like episode 48 season two and it's just like this is the first episode of the second season but it's still episode 48 because back in the day they didn't have seasons they just kept upping up their their episode count you know what i mean Right. It wasn't like season two, episode one. Yeah, that's true. Um, Did you know that for the longest time, Netflix only had up to the first half of the Chimera Antarch of Hunter x Hunter? That's so annoying. Right? Like you're getting right in the thick of it. Things are about to get really, really good. And then they just cut you off at this random fight between, I don't know, the lion Chimera Antarch and somebody yeah, so anime now has seasons, unlike way back when. But that's also good, because anime now doesn't have filler. Holy shit. It took a long time for them to realize and change their ways. Because who likes filler? Well, with the compromise with filler is that you have to wait another year. That's what happened. Because, like, if you don't have filler, and, like, you're catching up to the manga too fast then what do you do you have to stop production of the anime or you can just do a set number 12 episodes and then just do that for the whole year wait for the manga to catch up and then the next year doing another 12 but back in the day they just kept going because you know what anime was making money they needed they needed to pay these people and they made these people do filler episodes that were bad. They're not good. They're not the story. Like, that's... No. It's literally a different writer just using the character. Oh, my God. It's like, it's fan fiction. It's fan fiction. Holy shit. And, filler like, not that... Fiction. Let me... Okay. I'm not saying that fan fiction isn't good. I love fan fiction. It's fun. But it's not as good as the original. It's... A, okay. Okay. Sometimes fanfiction, they could do a little something. They can bring something to light that never got explored. Are we talking about anime? I'm talking about fanfiction for anything. Anime. For anime, sure. Give me a good example where fanfiction for anime. I can't. It's better. (laughs) There you go. I know that it's out there. I just don't read it that much. Not as much as I used to. But I just, I don't want to knock fanfiction as a whole thing. But, you know, the point is that, like, Fan fiction is not canon, and filler is not canon. And a lot of the time, it's a lot less interesting because they can't do anything that actually forwards the plot. And anybody who is interested in storytelling knows that every scene that you have, like every book, every chapter, every scene, has to forward the plot in some way. It has to do something with a character to like tell you a little bit more. Something has to develop for this scene, for this uh, this part of the story to earn its place. Filler can't do any of that. So, and I mean, like we, I'm like I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. We all know that filler is not good or particularly enjoyable, and there are websites up to show you what episodes of an anime are filler or what arcs are filler so that you can just skip all of it. We we know that it's not good. And it's a good thing that uh, it's been gotten rid of. So all you people complaining about how long it's taking for like the Attack on Titan anime to come out, you have it lucky. 
you have it lucky. You just wait a year, forget everything about Attack on Titan, and then you just rewatch it in the weeks leading up to the new season, like no big deal. But we had to suffer because you know what? I was expecting the next episode to not be filler. What did I get? Filler. For how many weeks? Multiple weeks. Multiple months. What am I doing here? <laughs> Wasting my childhood. True. That's what happened. Because if there's nothing new coming out, then you are going to get filler for just weeks on end. And especially when we were watching anime as kids on TV and not on the internet, how are you supposed to know that what you're watching is filler? You don't know. Exactly. And that's the problem. As we've been prepping for this episode, I've been thinking so much about what TV on weekend nights used to look like. Because it was just like Inuyasha, Bleach, Zatch Bell, Naruto, Death Note. Like all this stuff one after the other. We had it so good. Well, like how do you choose? There's so much. I, I don't know how I choose to this day. It's easy to just go for the big ones, right? Because every season we get a few runaway hits that just completely capture everybody's attention. And it's easy to just choose to watch those, which is, I don't know, I guess a fair way to go about it. I started watching Jujutsu Kaisen because it was just everywhere for a bit. Yeah, and that's a perfectly fair and reasonable way to do it. But are you getting the best out of anime? And it's really hard to, because sometimes what's popular is the best. And I know that there are some examples that you would disagree with for that. My hero. Because, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because Generic. I mean, what's more popular than My Hero Academia? But you also find it generic and you find it, you have shit to say about Deku. And I, you know. It is like the Naruto of this. I, I can't even say that because Naruto's better. But it's wow. like the, Nar the Naruto equivalent of this generation. That hurts. Why does that hurt? You haven't even read Naruto. <laughs> so you have no you should have no opinion. You yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. So like right. back in the day, Naruto was like super popular and of course people hated on it just because it was the popular thing. And they compared it to older stuff like Dragon Ball Z or whatever. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. With I my hero. I think that's a fair comparison. Though I haven't seen Naruto and I haven't read all of my hero. Apparently the manga is really good and fucked right now. It's really good right now. But you're gonna have to wait, what, six more years for the anime? Like I don't know. But I'm okay with waiting. And here's the thing. Filler is just not needed at all because when your anime that you love so much you know, finishes its season and it stops airing for a year or so. Uh, there's so much shit to watch in the meantime. Fall in love with something else. And maybe that's why we don't have such a distinct, like, top tier, beloved, univer universally beloved anime the way that we used to. Like, we definitely have titles that stand out above the rest, like My Hero Academia. But, I mean, the... The absolute chokehold that Bleach, Naruto, One Piece, Dragon Ball, and I like to add Hunter Hunter have Hunter Hunter was not popular. So people. Also, it came out in 2011. That was way later than everybody else. But it had an anime in 1999 as well. So, like, I that agree, not it's not it's not on the same level as it if, man. Never. Did Hunter Hunter just have a renaissance, and that's why people love it now? Yeah, in 2011 when the anime came out. I guess that makes sense. I. By the time I started watching Hunter x Hunter, it was already all but completed, I think. So, yeah. Okay, I won't say that it was, like, one of the big ones like that. But there are definitely a few anime from, like, the early 2000s, maybe started in the late 90s, that complete... Or maybe early 90s, I don't, I don't fully know. But they really had a hold on us because they were always playing. There was... There were reruns. Mm -hmm. Bleach didn't even finish, and then they made a. They started from the beginning, and I was like, "Miss me with this bullshit." I'm stopping. And now, like, if your Bleach. season, if the show is over, if a season is over, something else will come to take its place. Because anime is a global phenomenon now, everybody's trying to get a piece of that pie. 
It really is. It makes money. People love it. And you know what? People love it so much that they don't have to switch rice balls to donuts anymore. You know, like yep. all the stuff that they used to do to like westernize or Yu-Gi-Oh. globalize. Yu-Gi-Oh is just going to get its own episode. Oh my about, gosh, absolutely. Oh man, I don't even know how much we're going to talk about the story. I mean, we will because you know what? When I was rewatching Yu-Gi-Oh a few years ago, I found myself so moved by this one battle. I cried. That's a true It's like pretty like. good, but then there's like so much distraction surrounding yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Like some of like when it gets good, it's really good. And then I don't know if any of the subsequent Yu-Gi-Oh series have ever managed to top the original. Well, I mean, when they got isekai to uh, ancient Egypt, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That was the... Oh, my gosh. That was the best. I remember one day there was an all-day... Not not a binge. Um, a marathon of the Millennium World arc. And I would not sit at the dinner table to eat for longer than the length of a commercial because I kept running back to the TV to watch it. My mom hated me that day. The things that we did for anime. It's changed forever. Now we can just pause it at any time. So lovely. So convenient. And now that we don't have these super long seasons, or quote-unquote seasons that just keep going on and on, and it's not all about these this small number of shonen anime slash manga that just keep going and going and going, we get to have some stories told through manga and anime that are much shorter we get these stories that are only a season long and that's the whole thing and i mean that definitely existed before this i mean cowboy bebop like 1998 99 that was one season of very good shit but it also wouldn't have been accessible to me and klaus when we first started watching anime i don't think cowboy bebop ever aired on the kids programs that we were watching anime on i don't think so i don't remember it airing no and there definitely was a sense that animation and like cartoons were for kids and that's why they were airing on like a car like cartoon networks and cowboy bebop isn't necessarily a story for kids all anime isn't necessarily for kids you know like it's a medium not a genre yeah so i feel like the anime that was airing back then was mostly shonen, and that's what a lot of people were uh, exposed to. But now that there's new things coming out every season, anime has become more varied, and the audience for anime has become more varied. And so there's still, like, adults watching it, and there's, like, whole careers dedicated to covering anime, and that wasn't a thing when we were watching it growing up. So it Anime as an industry has exploded globally and it has become like a viable option for most everybody to consume it and to make content out of it. Like us humble podcasters. We're just two people who like anime, who are not Japanese, but who have loved it all of our lives. Now getting to talk about it because we want to. <laughs> and we only got to this point because... It was mildly accessible for us when we were little. Like you said, there was a bunch of shonen on TV and then like Sailor Moon or uh, Mew Mew Powers, which was originally Tokyo Mew Mew, but apparently having something said in Tokyo <laughs> means that white kids aren't going to watch it. <laughs> but I would say overall, I mean, things are better now. Things can only get better, right? I mean, things when we're so starting with, yeah, when we're with like, or when we start with filler, and now we don't have filler, I mean... That's a win. I would say that we're on an upward slope. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I think that it's really fair that a lot of people who are getting into anime aren't necessarily going back to the old classic stuff because there's so much to catch up on. Like, I think people will get surprised when I tell them that I plan to read all of One Piece because there's, like, a thousand chapters and it's still going. Not a lot of people have the dedication to, like, get into that now. Yeah. They're like, I want to watch or get into something that's 12 episodes. And there are options for that now. Yeah, like Demon Slayer. Yeah, good 24 episodes or 26, whatever. 
and because you're still at the beginning of it you can just like yeah once you're caught up then you only watch a season at a time yeah instead of waiting every week for filler yeah you know we're waiting for the good shit to come and man there there are anime movies that come out and they get played in theaters here like that is yeah so i watched cool. your name in theaters me and i cried who i bawled my eyes out in that theater there was like 10 people in the theater and i'm like okay where well, i guess we're all crying yes. yeah and you know what when i was in high school when we were in high school our high school had an anime club at the time it was like an embarrassing thing kind of to be a part of i never like cared that much but I think it was seen as an embarrassing thing. I have a friend now who I went to our high school, but who I wasn't friends with in high school. And she always thought that the anime club kids were dorks, which like, yeah, but it's not really seen as a bad thing anymore. You know, like being a nerd isn't an insult and more it's people like anime thing. than ever. It's become the new thing. Yeah. This is what people talk about. Everything's on Netflix now. So if you didn't watch the latest thing that's that was on Netflix, like, what are you doing? Anime or cool. otherwise. Yeah. You're not like cool and popular now because you can run fast. <laughs> You're cool and popular because you know what's up in in popular media. And anime is just another popular media right now. Yeah. That could also us be be uh us being biased because we're adults. So we don't care about who runs fast. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And maybe I don't know. No, I I don't think that in high school you could like anime and be seen as like an untouchable nerd, you know? No, I think it's become more general, more generic, more accessible. Yeah. At least the popular anime. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, kids would be talking about it and they won't get bullied for liking anime now. If it ever really happened like that. I don't know. Like there was definitely, I don't know, like popular kids definitely didn't really watch anime but maybe they, they did. did yeah they, they totally did they just didn't tell anybody yeah there was uh, should we, we talk about this we all had the same this? childhood we all had the same childhood if you're out there being like oh no i never watched anime you're lying to yourself yes pokemon you is an anime pokemon is an anime if you didn't if you're telling Digimon me you didn't watch an pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh is an anime just because in your brain you like don't count yourself as an anime fan doesn't mean that you didn't watch anime at some point it was accessible to us. And now it's more accessible than ever. If you have a Netflix account, you can go binge all of Attack on Titan right now. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people did when it started getting hype around it. Because that was the new cool thing to talk about. Something else that has changed about anime over the years is the animation. Because, of course, animation is always going to change and adapt and develop. And there's very different styles. And it's interesting because I don't think necessarily that you can say animation is better across the board because you can't tell me that the animation of cowboy bebop didn't do exactly what it set out to do yes cowboy bebop does not need to be cg it does not to be need to be 3d like the trends are becoming and i am not a fan of the 3dness that anime okay. has become a 3d remake no we don't need that but like no. not a shrek a 3D... we don't need we need we don't need 3d shrek anime out here <laughs> that would be terrible okay but there are some anime that make use of the 3d stuff i don't like ajin i really enjoy i thought ajin was fine i thought it looked cool i hadn't seen anything that looked like it and i didn't go into it like i knew it was an anime but i didn't go into it being like oh this doesn't look like an anime because it just it just looks like ajin it looked like what it looked like gross I and I haven't even started anime. talking about Beastars. I haven't even gotten into Beastars yet because that uses 3D animation. Is it mainly 3D? Yeah. But it it looks more flat than Ajin. But it's you can definitely tell that all of the movement is like human movement. Right? That's what I don't like. Okay, so D Doro Hidoro is 3D animated. But it looks very flat because of the lines. There's very like pronounced like outlines for the characters. So I don't think it, it looks the worst. But it's the movement that I don't like. I just find it so clunky when it's 3D animated. Maybe it it's is. It's not as smooth. Because in 2D animation, it's, it's mostly rotoscoped. 
or it's like hand drawn, which obviously is like tedious work and doing that for hundreds of hours is not the best way if you can cut it down and make your production costs lower by doing it 3D, then I totally get it. But me as a consumer, as a viewer, I'm not a fan. That's a fair thing to say. I don't mind it. Maybe maybe that's what makes Legoshi so compelling. All right? Because he moves like a human. Stop right there. He's a wolf, but he moves like a human. CG he speaks with is not a human. human. Voice. Disgusting. I'll shut up. Yes, That's all I'm going to say. But if you know, you know. But I have recently noticed that there's a lot of 3D elements in like fight scenes. Which in my opinion makes sense. Because they're like fast moving objects. And I think those are easier and more cost effective to do 3D rather than, again, like rotoscoping or like hand drawing every single frame. For like mm -hmm. a piece of debris that you see for 0.5 seconds. For sure. You have to be pretty masterful to be able to pull off a good hand-drawn fight scene. And I think that that's what happened between season one and season two of One Punch Man. And the reason that the animation quality dropped. Because for the first season, they just happened to have like a bunch of really talented artists working on it. And so they would focus on these like specific fight scenes and just have these incredible details that really brings you into the moment. And then in season two, there was a lot of Saitama disappearing into a cloud of smoke yeah. and then coming out of it. You know, it takes a lot of talent and a lot of specific skill to be able to do that. And if 3D animation is just the way that you can that you can make it work, then, you know, by all means. Some of the best fights I've seen in anime are 2D. But again, that's like 80% of their cost, 80% of the production. And so you can't keep doing that for every single episode. You know, you have to save that money for those specific fights. And that comes like, what, once a season? But if you use like CG or more like computer generated stuff like uh, Demon Slayer, you can make that shit pop off. Yeah. Because if you're not careful, you might run out of a budget by your last two episodes. And then you have to do a bunch of sketchy things and like a internal monologue of a character instead of actually being in the world at all i'm talking about neon genesis evangelion it's not that deep we'll get into it at some point but it's not that deep i mean i loved it maybe it wasn't that deep but maybe it was stay tuned stay tuned well we're gonna have a lot to say about evangelion when we get to it do you ever feel like you miss the way that things used to be animated when you go back to like some of your favorite older actually what are some of your favorite older anime where you like appreciate the animation i've already said mine cowboy bebop i'd say maybe eureka 7 i just like the palette and like the some of the choreography yeah i'd say that because comparing it now to a lot of mecha anime it was it did it well. Like the old Gundam stuff was good. Again, because it was 2D. But now everything's become like 3D. And I'm like, I can't watch this. It's just It just has a different like tone and like different, I don't know. It's just a d different feel. It is a different feel. And that's why, and this isn't about anime, but it is about animation. I'm really upset that Disney has just stopped doing 2D animation. Like they just yeah. completely switched over to 3D as if it's inherently better. When They're not, not even doing 3D anymore. They're doing live action remakes of their classics. Don't and I'm like, remind me. I was just thinking the other day, like, when was the last time we got a new princess story? I mean, I guess we got, um, actually, let me, let me shut up. We got like a Southeast Asian, um, I guess, princess this year. Raya? Raya? Raya. Raya? Raya? I think. Knockoff of Avatar? That's what I've been told by the internet. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Disney. They're not doing anything. To, I mean, like they're the stand. They become the standard for things, but they can't really do anything too groundbreaking because they have so many. You know, like they can't really be innovators at this point. No, it's too late. They just do remakes, spinoffs. Yeah, fucking now they are. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired of it. The only live action remake that I have any patience for right now is Cowboy Bebop. And that's because Cowboy Bebop is so precious to me that all of my usual skepticism 
about live action remakes is just getting completely muffled by how excited I am to just have new Cowboy Bebop stuff, specifically with John Cho, who I love. So you're saying you're biased? Oh, uh, yeah. Never said I wasn't. Spoiler alert. To what? Oh, to the, the end, end of, of the episode. <laughs> but yeah, I like that you mentioned palette when it comes to Eureka 7, because when I think about the animation of Cowboy Bebop, I think about how much I love the palette and how they really made the best use of color to show mood. And when a lot of people talk about 3D remakes of 2D stuff, people tend to lament the lack of that palette, the loss of that palette. What I'm specifically thinking about is The Lion King, how making it like as realistic as possible just got rid of so much of the storytelling and the vibrancy that was in the colors. Exactly. This is still an anime podcast. Lion King is technically an anime. <laughs> because maybe this ch- has changed over the years, but before Japanese people would call anything animated anime. So everything like cartoons from the West, they would say, oh, this is this is an anime. That's where that, com- that, that comes from. Anime comes from animation. So they would call like Mickey Mouse an anime. <laughs> oh, I love that. Because okay. Mickey Mouse was the inspiration for anime. That's why anime people have big eyes. No way. Little history lesson here. Even though we wow. said this wasn't going to be a history lesson. Wow. We did get but into yeah. a bit of history. Look at us. But maybe since anime has become globalized and people just... Uh, think of anime as stuff from japan strictly so then i don't know yeah. if the if japanese people have reserved their anime if calling mickey mouse an anime now is still a thing yeah because here we would just say cartoon yeah or like animation animation yeah yeah that's really interesting and that's fun lion king is an anime back then it was for sure yeah yeah and also, just to go back to Palette, have we talked before about how for the movie Akira, they like created new colors for it? I had no idea. So Akira has a lot of scenes that take place during nighttime. And to make sure that they didn't lose any of the vivid colors of the city at nighttime, there were just new colors that were created to animate that movie. That's how big the budget was for that. Like, they were out here creating colors. And every single shot is, like, so lovingly rendered. And you don't you don't get that all the time now. And, like, 3D definitely moves differently from 2D. And in, you know, a 2D anime, when they include 3D elements, like, it is going to move and feel very different. Especially the more... Um, the more familiar you are with animation. I guess like the more anime that you watch, the more you're going to realize uh, differences in the quality of the animation. Yeah, and we're not saying that animation quality now is worse than it was back then. And going back to my Demon Slayer example, that has won like multiple awards for its animation quality. Not necessarily just like the story or the characters, but like the actual production of it. And I think it's well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's really not a competition about like, it was better back then, it's better now. It's just there's merit all around to everything except filler episodes. No merit there. Exactly. So with these shorter series, and this bump in animation quality, and less filler, anime has become probably better than it has ever been. In general. I'm trying to think if I agree with that. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I think I do. Just because there's that, so much being made. Yeah, but with that, there's also more terrible anime. The number of terrible anime has also increased. Again, because it's becoming more generic, more accessible. So more studios are making anime. And it's just like, why are you making anime? Stop with this isekai. Stop with the 100th isekai show this season. Yeah, there's more uh, manga creators doing... Uh, riffing off of genres trends that have become popular it's the same thing here as well in the west with literature how we had so much vampire stuff and then so much dystopia stuff all after twilight and then after hunger games it you just get the same 
the same things that are trending just getting played out because they know it's going to sell. Because, huh, creativity doesn't necessarily align itself with the demands of the marketplace. And when the marketplace decides what gets made, we get a lot of the same shit. Because, you know, if you really like isekai stuff, there's endless amounts of stuff for you to watch. There's no filler anymore. But you get the filler that is generic remakes of... They're all the same. You're watching the same, same things. Thing. There's an isekai that came out a few years ago where this person got transported to a different world as a vending machine. <laughs> How does that make sense? Why is there a vending machine in like the same world as like dungeons and dragons and trolls and swords and adventurers? Yeah, that is a whole genre of stuff, huh? The whole, like, I got reincarnated as a slime, or I am the villainess, or... I got I... reincarnated as, as a baby. Why? Mm. How is that an isekai, like, plot? Why can't you just be a baby in the new world? Mm -hmm. Why do you have to be reincarnated? <laughs> Why can't you just find somebody to to play out your baby and mother kink with you? Okay, that's a crime. Hold, <laughs> Hold it right there. If everyone's consenting, adults. With a baby? Babies can't consent? No, I mean, the ba like, you're pretending to be a baby, you know? No, but, but I guess this... getting reincarnated as a baby. You didn't choose to become a baby in this world. Yeah. yeah. Again, that plot line makes no sense. It's all just, oh, it's so wild. I mean, if you're into that, power to you. You know, because I, I get the urge to want to consume more of the specific thing that you like. Yeah, that's fine. If you like isekai, there's like a bunch, but they're not good. And how do you differentiate? Yeah. Like the, the majority of them are all the same. Mm -hmm. But if, if that's what you want, then that's okay. I'm not yeah. saying. Yeah. I think there's a lot of comfort in patterns and familiarity and like getting the same thing, but slightly different, which is why you wouldn't keep listening to the same album over and over you're going to look for music that's still to your taste but a little bit different you know what i mean yeah but it is kind of sad to think about how many original ideas that are out there and either don't get made into anime because the manga isn't popular enough or don't even get turned into manga in the first place because there's just not like a quote-unquote market for it yeah but i think that's starting to change yeah there's I always mean, going to be new trends yeah, and new absolutely. creators who are on the bleeding edge of those mm -hmm. trends. Like Fujimoto. <laughs> Fujimoto, listen. We are at the beginning of his reign in the world he literally, yeah, of anime yeah. and manga, okay? Like, we're just at the beginning. He already brought us Fire Punch. He brought us Chainsaw Man. He brought us Look Back. Beautiful little one shot. And I'm sure he just has more to give. And his you know what's amazing? His assistants are coming out with their own series, and they're all bangers. Fucking Dantadan. Dantadan. Uh, there was one called Her Hell's Paradise, and there's uh, one called Spy Family. I've been those, meaning those to get into that. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that they're... one is rather popular. Yeah. Yeah, that's one that like you kind of hear around. And to loop back to what we were saying before about like how do you choose what to watch? I mean, if you're on like anime Twitter or anime um, subreddits, you're going to see people talking about the shit that's new and hot. And you're like, oh, if a bunch of people like this, it must be good. So let me get in on this. And a lot of yeah. stuff spreads that way. That's like, I wouldn't start anything if it wasn't for the personal recommendations of people I know in real life and people that I follow on various social medias. Exactly. And what's hot right now is like darker anime darker themes more psychologically driven or like dealing with like adult stuff or like existential meaning of life mm -hmm. stuff like that absolutely because the characters in anime have like they're often children or like i don't know i'm trying to think of dragon ball how old was goku goku in dragon ball was a kid and then in dragon ball z he's an adult okay okay got you so it's both but like there wasn't, I mean, obviously he was facing a lot of danger, but I feel like psychologically there wasn't too much going on, perhaps. No, no? okay. Because no, I was just guessing up. there, but am I right? Am I right? Yeah. He just, you know, he gets defeated and then he dies and then 
he gets brought back to life and then he's like oh i'm stronger and then he just punches harder <laughs> he's 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 like the superman of anime mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you know as storytellers you always are going to take inspiration from what came before but you're going to build off of it because we can't just have a bunch of overpowered gokus running around you know there needs to be a little more tension going on and a lot of that comes with the more psychological darkness and intricacy that is being explored in a lot more shonen uh like battle stories and i think that has to do with uh, the generation new generation because i think our our generation as viewers are more prone to are more uh, aware of those aspects because we live with those aspects and that's what's important to us is a more psychological more introspective parts of ourselves absolutely and like sometimes we just want the fun stuff but if we do we're going to just go watch like psyche k or something like that and arguably even that gets like pretty psychological but like in fun ways but like when i watch people battle i want to know why it matters i want to feel the intensity of the battle from like a mental perspective not just like oh a bunch of strong people are fighting each other like i want all of the friction that is causing the battle to make me invested in it because there's so many things to watch so like why am i invested in this specific thing i want the internal conflict to be as prevalent as the external conflict absolutely that's what makes demon slayer so good man because every time that Tanjiro is fighting a demon. He isn't just seeing this as like a demon or a foe. He's seeing the demon as somebody who used to be human because of Nezuko. And that's all I'll say about that. But there's so much more going on in his head. And we also see what's going on in the demon's head as far as like how they got there. You know, there aren't really generic, like whatever demons that much like there's yes, always not more like, going on it's not just like oh i'm a demon because i'm evil i'm here to take over the world haha you have to defeat me now oh what yeah. are your motivations for being a demon oh no it's just because i'm evil that's why mm-hmm. yeah right like i'm a demon because i'm evil i'm evil because i'm a demon like that's you know it's got to be more than that we want more than that we deserve more than that we do we want compelling villains and like something that i can say about cowboy bebop from the 90s which is so beloved to me is that the main villain vicious doesn't have like a very compelling reason for why he is the way he is he's just super fucking evil that's his character and now i think we hold our villains to a much higher standard yes humanizing your villains Mm -hmm. i love that trend i feel like i'm witnessing it more as i read more series now like new series Mm -hmm. like dandadan i love that exciting though i read the first chapter i don't think that you can uh you can humanize those aliens because they're aliens i don't think that you can mm, I humanize don't know. the ghost who's trying to gobble schlongs <laughs> turbo granny <laughs> turbo granny is great keep reading man does she come back of course Wait, is she still like is he still cursed i think it was mentioned at the end of the first chapter if he was or not i think yeah i just like i don't remember I feel oh, like it's he... so good. Okay. Oh my it's like God. my new favorite thing. Ah! Oh, I'm excited to keep watching it. And you know what's something else that I really enjoy that has changed over time in anime or over since the stuff that I was watching when I was a kid is that women have a much more prevalent role in the plot as more than just a love interest. They and actually do stuff. They actually they do stuff. They can be stuff. the villain. They can be the hero. Mm-hmm. They can be the side character that was supposed to that's better as the protagonist mm-hmm. and you know they actually fight a lot of the time like in like shonen stuff in particular and then when you look at shoujo now i think that there's a lot more focus on just like agency as opposed to just like i don't know cheesy romance tropes that don't hold up because you're like why would you want this like this is not aspirational this is just like gooey but to think about sh- shonen in particular Actually, what genre is Inuyasha? I think that's a shoujo. Is it is it shoujo? Okay. Because it is like battle-y, but it is also like but its subtitle is a feudal fairy tale. And when you when I watch it back, there is much more focus on the romance and the relationships between the characters. Oh no, it's than a shonen. Oh shit. It was uh well that's the official 
demographic. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was published by Viz. Interesting. But it was written by a woman. Yes, yes, it was. Rumiko Takahashi, who I love very much. And see, Inuyasha is an older series, and I think that it's starting to get on track for where things are because there are two main female characters. You have Kagome, who's like the main main character, and she is really powerful, but it's a spiritual power. And at the end of the day, she still needs to get saved by Inuyasha. But then we also have Sango, who fights. And yes, she fights with a boomerang a lot of the time. So it's not like a direct contact, you know, like she's not like fighting with a sword like Inuyasha. Though I think she might also have a sword. So we do have like strong female characters for sure. But as we move more and more into anime that's more modern, we get girls who are like on the fucking front lines of battle. Like I'm talking Nobata from Jujutsu Kaisen, who's just there fucking slamming nails with her hammer, being so super cool, and also not being involved in any romance, at least where I'm at. I I only watched season one. But she's there like as an independent character, not attached to as a romance interest to any one guy. And that honestly is not something that you see like super often i know that you could like point out a bunch of examples to the contrary in stuff from the 90s you could say Faye from cowboy bebop is not necessarily romantically attached to anybody and that's true but she's also very sexualized and her outfit is just like does doesn't make any sense and you know there's there's a whole bunch of stuff i could say there but i think that overall female representation has gotten a lot better and just more diversified there's just more examples of what women do in these stories yeah like sasha from uh attack on titan she's her own character she doesn't have to fit into like an existing trope of oh she's either weak or she has to be on the front line yeah it's all about diversity and representation in my opinion absolutely like if attack on titan just had a bunch of women like mikasa then it wouldn't be nearly as interesting exactly like mikasa's amazing but she's amazing because she's unique yeah you don't need five of her yeah same show yeah exactly like just like how men are written to be very different people who interact in different ways women should be and deserve to be occupying all these different kinds of roles in this show like fucking hanji she's so unique and different from like so many female characters that i've seen because she's never sexualized once she's super smart super quirky and just fucking weird and so lovable and she's capable yeah she gets the work done Absolutely. You know, we have people writing female characters not as like, oh, like, well, I need to have a girl in here. So let's give her some big tits and maybe something like a personality. It's like, no, like, these are just characters who occupy this world. So let's make them interesting. Yes. In my opinion, a badass female character isn't badass because they're a woman. They're badass because they're badass. Absolutely. The obsession with like the badass female character, strong female character, came from the fact that we just hadn't seen them. And when we did start to see them, it was like, oh, this is awesome. But again, that's just one trope. Mm-hmm. So if you like keep doing that over and over again, then eventually it's just like yawn because we've seen yeah, her. It's, it's going to be the same thing as as the damsel in distress trope that was popular way back when in anime. Absolutely. And we talked about with Future Diary how for Minene, that character, she ends up being a housewife. And you asked me if I thought that that was like what I thought about that ending, because I think that there's this sense that like if a strong female character ends up in like a traditional female role, then that's inherently a bad thing. But like a a strong female character is not inherently good or bad. And a woman occupying a traditional just like gender Gender role, role. yeah, is not necessarily good or bad either. It just like... It just depends on how often we see this. Like you are writing just one story and you are experiencing one story, but you're also subconsciously comparing it to everything that you've seen up till then. So if what you're seeing is just generic and it's the same thing that you see over and over again, and it's either not going to stand out or it's going to fall flat. And it's really nice to see like refreshing takes on female characters and what they can fucking do. That's something that I think Fujimoto is really good at. It all comes down to the writing. Absolutely. If you can write a compelling character like Minine and have her be badass for the majority of the series and then have her make the choice of being a housewife, of just calming down and, you know, living life as a normal person because that's what she wanted all along, then that's compelling. Then that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
But if that's not what she wanted and she was forced to for her own safety or, oh, because everybody's still hunting her, mm. then that doesn't make sense. And that's bad writing. Yeah, that's true. And I, th- I think it's good that you mentioned that because it is unclear, like how she ends up making this decision. It's just kind of a jump. Like we see, like we don't even see her reuniting with her mans from this from this timeline. We just see her we just see her and we presume that she's happy with the decision that she's made or at least that's the presumption that i made i think she's happy i think so too and like at the end of the day i mean no matter how good you are at writing how original your storytelling is as a writer you are always going to be infusing your writing with your reflections of how you view the world and how you experience the world so if you as a writer only see women as capable of being housewives or damsels in distress that's all you're going to be able to write subconsciously without even thinking about it and if you try to write a character a female character who's like strong badass blah 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 but you don't actually think that women are like that then you're going to be borrowing from from the examples that you see in media of that kind of character and it's going to be generic because you're not adding anything authentic or real to it and that's why a lot of a representation of female characters is gradually getting better because the way that we view women and women's potential and the kind of roles that we can play in society has been changing. So it's going to change in the stories that we tell as well. Yeah. In general, I think anime is going in a positive direction. Yeah, there will always so be too. shows that are bad that come out every season because anime is a big thing now and you have a hundred shows coming out every season. How do you know what to watch? It's very hard, but you know what? There's some good stuff in there and there's also some bad stuff hopefully we all manage to sort through it and use our limited time on this earth meaningfully as we watch so much anime and read so much manga and you know what sometimes it's okay to read the bad stuff to experience the bad stuff that informs you of what you're looking for in the future oh so true it helps you parse out like why do i like the things that i like if this is something that i don't like like what's missing here and you know sometimes you're going to watch something and you're going to be like, oh, I don't know this if this is for me. And you're going to keep going. And it's either going to get better or it's going to get worse. But, you know, as long as you think about it and you, like, spend time reflecting on it, I think it's worth it to do. Yeah, and you can build a palette. You can build a palette. Oh, yes. Like, as I've gotten older, <laughs> not quite in boomer territory yet, but as I've gotten older, I've started to realize that I've started to come to terms with my own tastes in things and that helps me gravitate towards things that i'm more likely to enjoy which i think a lot of people could stand to do because oh man there's nothing more disheartening than watching somebody tear apart something that you love and you can tell that it's just because like this is just not something for them you know what i mean yeah and that's okay not everything is going to be good to everybody it's true man do you think that we got off topic this episode (laughs) i don't think so no it was natural conversational it was it was and you know we made this podcast initially because we just talk about this stuff all the time in our own time like we just love talking about anime the stories the like our experiences with it how it's changed over the years like this is just something that we would have talked about anyway exactly exactly it's a good time yeah and we hope that you enjoyed listening make sure to follow us on our social media at biaspod twitter and instagram b-i-i A-S-T. And if you disagree with anything that we said on this episode, then hey, we never said that we weren't biased. 